Nice Games Club is still on break as your nice hosts are hard at work on Widget Satchel, coming to PC and consoles in 2019. We'll be back with new episodes on January 15th, starting with our annual Nicest Games of the Year episode. In the meantime, enjoy this nice replay. This is episode 51, Write the Dang Now, Scope Creep, and Esports. We had a little historical perspective from you, Martha, about Overwatch League. Yeah. Things have changed since. Yes. Um, I, a lot of the episode, I complained about the camera. Um, when we were watching, like if you're watching as an audience member, yeah. um, they would have the camera just be someone, some player's camera as they're running around fighting people. Uh-huh. And sometimes they would pick like the wrong player to watch, so we'd just be seeing them like running to the map while all this <laughs> action is happening, and like you'd miss half of what was going on. Oh, and we were like brainstorming ways to fix that. Yeah, right? <laughs> and um, now they've added like a like a third person spectator camera mm-hmm. that kind of floats floats around wherever the people want, uh, wherever the casters want it to be. Yeah. And um, sometimes they, annoyingly to me, too much go back into first person <laughs> for the player. Yeah. But but a lot of the time when there's like big team fights happening, they like will zoom the camera out so you can actually like get more context of what's yeah. happening. So you're still watching? Cool. Yeah. Well, I can update you. I have not started watching. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Uh, we, we also talk about uh, scope creep, which is like. Uh, like a it hangs per, over a us perennial topic yeah yeah and we, ha- we got a bunch of really great stories from reddit that we share in the episode we wanted to play those for you again but also it's a good topic because we're working on widget satchel right now all of us and we're we're like getting towards the end but like there's a couple of things like maybe we can add this to it yeah we can add this to it and we'll no, don't do it. Oh, now we have to add two more episodes for so, new place. <laughs> so we need to listen to this episode to remind ourselves of the dangers. Don't do it. <laughs> and uh, you should as well. So be nice and have a listen. Steven. Yes. You're going to be presenting at IGGA yes. pretty soon. Yes, I am. Tell me about it. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, the, what I wanted to do is have like a talk where like I share a bunch of game dev tips and things mm-hmm. like from all over the internet and my own tips from pe- for people. And then I would open it up to the audience to let them, um, give everyone tips. So it'd be like a collaborative tip gathering thing. Everybody just spill their secrets. Yes. I love and, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll go well. I haven't worked on it at all. And I remembered this today while we were recording before we were recording about this thing so I probably should like start on it well that's why I put it in the notes here so that <laughs> you get your, get your ass in gear yeah <laughs> <laughs> well by our calendar it's in about a month yes right now listeners it'll be uh, uh, November 8th November 8th which will be a couple weeks from when you hear this mm-hmm. um, and that's at the nerdery in uh, in, in Bloomington. Bloomington yep uh, yeah we do that every month the International Game Developer Association Twin Cities chapter I spoke at it um, last month mm-hmm. um, our friend Matt Gravel is going to be speaking at it soon so you'll have missed that when you yeah. hear this <laughs> um, but yeah it's a great place for the people in the community to sort of share what they know and present some stuff and I love your your presentation which is not here's a thing I did let me tell you about it it's like a, let's all let's all do this together yeah um, which is pretty cool because we are a community mm-hmm. so we should like share with our community what, yeah. we, what we can but Martha, you like the lecture format. I do. Yeah. Uh, but I like that sort of thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I do too. But then I, I will, if I'm not into it, I will quickly turn on it. <laughs> I'll just sit there and be like, it's just going to be over. <laughs> but it, I mean, you just, just a little hook is all it really needs. And then I'm like, I am in, like, mm-hmm. talk at me for hours. Like, in there, like swimwear. <laughs> <laughs> so, a line from Spy Fox. Okay, I'm done. 
well, now I need to pl- I need to play all the rest of those games yes. so that I can get all of your references. Yes. <laughs> this is what I keep telling Dylan. But he's like, Mer, <laughs> I know them all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do you say? Let's get into the meat of the show. Yes. Let us begin. Mm-hmm. Scope creep. Oh, boy. Sucks. That's our first topic. Yeah. It sucks. Wh- why are we talking about it? Because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a sad thing to address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So scope creep is when you start with this game, you have an idea for, it and you're like, yeah, this would be good. This is good, right? We got here. But then you're like, oh, wait a minute. What if I added multiplayer? This game would be better. Oh, wait a minute. I should change the colors. I should allow people to customize their characters. I should put stats on characters. And then you just keep adding more things, and eventually your game. Is has bloated into fingers, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Admittedly, I when we restarted the game, that's I guess we had intended this. It's mm-hmm. just it has a lot of things. Well, there's the two. There's the, the what you're, you're describing, which is scope creep that like we all suffer from, like yeah. little pieces. And maybe I'm being a little generous to fingers <laughs> here, but where you have the core thing working, but you sort of have these little bits that are sort of in various stages of development that maybe you don't need all of them. Um, and then there's a scope creep that kind of you were starting to describe, which is that you keep adding things without ever finishing any part right. of it. And I think that that can be really, really dangerous. Yes. Um, but it's also like so attractive. Yes. Like to start something, get it like the very prototype of it and like, okay, that's ready to be finished later. And then what's the next fun thing to do? Right. You right. Know? Right. Scope creep like prevents you from finishing the stuff you need to finish. Yeah. Releasing your game, which is the real goal. Right. Right. That everyone should strive for. Yeah. It's just hard because, like, when you if you add this feature, the game would be so much better, right? <laughs> so it feels it feels good at least initially, but then when you get started working on it, like a few weeks down the line, you're like, "Oh, why did I start this?" And then you move on to something else, and then you got this little unfinished piece in your game. That, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, this is a real personal topic. <laughs> I can tell you're like you're feeling this emotionally. I, I just, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, um. What about you two? <laughs> when have you dealt with scope creep? Yeah, put a pin in that. We'll get back yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I so Metro Nexus. It, um, I was sort of thinking about like how I, how I've been relating to that idea of just adding things and you know that, that idea of scope creep. And Metro Nexus started out as a single player game. I've talked about this on the show before, where it it started out as a single player experience, sort of puzzle platformer, and then because I needed to figure out the jump physics and I didn't want to do any level design before that, I'm like, well, I was going to do a multiplayer mode eventually, maybe. Let's test it out. See if then I can have people just jump around and, you know, see if it, how, how, it, how it works. Then I can do level design. That was mm-hmm. the plan. And in, you know, two years later, it is a purely single screen, four player, multiplayer battle game. So it, it, it kind of got away from me, like the, the original design of it. But yeah. I think I like to think I did a pretty good job of following it where it goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that's that's kind of the other thing. And, and we have some great stories we've collected from people that we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But there's this notion that feature creep, scope creep can sometimes be a mechanism of creativity. So it's not all bad. <laughs> I mean, not not to say something that will curse us all later. but um, And so I kind of feel like um, I, I've got a little bit of that. Now, because I had such a major seismic shift in my game, I've been really hesitant. I think the last major feature I added to my game was items. Mm. And that was probably a year ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. And so it, since then, oh my God, I've done no progress. That's what it feels like. <laughs> but, so I think I've done okay. Mm. But um, I shouldn't pat myself too much on the back, really. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Li- little things happen a lot. Yeah. So um, it, this happens in like the animation system I have. 
where I want to think like, oh, this would be a good thing for an animation. And it just doesn't really express itself in the game very much. And so it ends up, it ended up being kind of a wasted feature. So I have lots of those little, little uh, bits of uh, uh, fur around that that results in me like one afternoon thinking like, oh, this will be cool. And then I spend two or three weeks on it. And then it just kind of sits there and it's like, fine, it's not hurting anybody, uh-huh. but it kind of wasn't necessary. So right. we have, we, we deal with that in Vengeance all the time. Cause like, yeah. we'll have an idea for something. And we're like, oh, let's try it out. See if it, if it works. And then sometimes you try it out and you realize it doesn't work and you just leave it in the game. Right. I guess, right. Cause maybe you want to come back to it later. Right, what you're supposed useful. to do is just remove it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was all that work. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other times like we've implemented it and we tested it and we found it was good. And then we like, spent a whole bunch of time trying to like change it yeah and in fact like it admittedly it was for the better but um i think it maybe a year and a half ago vengeance felt a lot different from how it does now like yeah. uh, the you died much more quickly mm-hmm. the the tankier characters in the game didn't feel really much like tanks because they were almost as squishy as the, the other characters yeah lane um was like this isn't working let's try something completely different and then we tried that and now the game is basically that yeah players die less 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 quickly it just feels a lot better the game now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Due to that change, so um, it it can be beneficial just to like follow follow the wave, mm-hmm. but you know you just have to be careful about it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's the hard part. Uh, the other thing that I think my is going to get me soon is uh, so I'm I'm building this um, website right now. It's another uh-huh. project called Check Build, which um, I'll talk about more on the show when it's getting closer to done. But um, the idea would be for uh, developers to upload builds of their game. And then have playtesters come and, and check them out, download them, play them, and then give feedback on them. Um, one of the things I looked at, I was trying to, I seemed like there was an idea that already happened, but, and uh, listeners, you can tell me if there's something out there I can actually look at. Um, but a lot of times when you want feedback on your game from potential customers, not people who you gather to playtest, who you like specifically like seek out or have at a playtest event like here at Glitch, um, a lot of times that happens through marketplaces, through things like early access. And that, that felt like not everybody wants to go that route, and, but they still want access to sort of like, um, uh, quantitative data from as many people as they can get. Uh-huh. And so I want to build this website where multiple developers can upload builds and then playtesters can sign up to play multiple games and th- there'd be a permission system. And so th- this, is what, this is what I'm getting into now. Yeah, I have a lot of ideas for how this would work. Really, all it needs to be is, a, is just a storehouse, right? It needs to be a place for b- developers to put their like uh, Google Drive links or something uh, for different builds. And then uh, it just needs to have like a, a, a user roles so that developers can modify it and users can't or whatever that's all it really needs but i've got so much in mind i want to do like a system where like uh, forms for each project i want to have uh where developers can track builds where they can modify uh feedback forms um where you can have a a bug uh, um, submission system so that every developer has their own way of tracking bugs so they i would want something that could interface with the website so uh, users can submit bugs and developers can then take that and put it into whatever format works. So this is like gonna it's already gotten away from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I I think it's a I think it's a good idea. I really want to build it. And I and I it's one of those things that, like you were saying, you have these new ideas that you feel you need to do. And and the the feeling is is once you have the idea, you're like, okay, now the project can't be done without that. Uh-huh. And it becomes the sort of minimum viable product, you know, that you want just right. gets bigger and bigger and right. bigger. And a lot of this is happening in like in notes and in my imagination right now, but like I've I've started to build it. It is gonna. I'm. I'm fairly certain. As well as I, as good as I feel about myself for Metro Nexus's ability to avoid feature creep, I feel the opposite about this project. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited about it. But I'm a little. I'm a little nervous. It might. It might help to have a person on your team to like dictate what you can. Like a project have. manager. Yeah. I should just have Dale tell me what to do. She's really good at that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she would just say like, "Don't do that. Let's 
let's watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good idea. Actually. Mm-hmm. We should just all watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, should be like, watch me play Final Fantasy 15. So, Martha, I heard you live scope creep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm interested in so many things. Like, I'm a Renaissance person, so, or whatever. So, like, I like so many different topics and, and, uh, hobbies and stuff like that. So I end up flipping from one to one and never really actually finishing a project in mm-hmm. either in any of them, I guess. I mean, like, we just look through the stuff I've done. Like, I did, you know, I was into bugs for a really long time. I did blacksmithing for a while. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have pictures? Yeah. Oh, I'm actually on the website. Do you have material? The- <laughs> I'd like to see this. Yeah. I could tell you my stuff. Ooh. <laughs> yeah game dev and like now i'm doing more podcasting stuff than i'm actual game dev and um well that's not just this show you have another show (laughs) we don't have it posted yet we are recording (laughs) i don't want to make any promises (laughs) so i feel like that happens like on a macro level in my life like scope creep happens where i'm like i'm gonna do like eight things this week and then and then i don't do any of them very well but like in in game dev, I feel like game jams are like both a place where you can t- like hone your scope creep fighting powers, yeah, and also they are tested the most because <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I feel like every game, like there's all these sort of so good ideas that come out of game jams, mm-hmm. and every game jam game is just one tiny slice of what that idea could be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even when you're like, this idea is going to be so simple, uh, and we got we beat scope creep this time. It's not going to happen because our idea is just so pure that it's going to be coded and drawn and whatever. And like, it's gonna we're going to be early that we're going to be able to <laughs> test our game. Yeah. <laughs> that happened on the in the train jam. We're like, yes, it's such a simple game. And then we found out that the artist was thinking 3D and the rest of us had been thinking 2D and suddenly <laughs> the game was way more complicated. Uh, that happened in Game Jam game that we worked on, mm-hmm. Mark. Actually, both of the ones yeah. that we worked on. <laughs> more so with the first one we worked on. Probably. The toothbrushing one because yeah. that originally was a totally different game than it ended up being. Yeah, that was uh, is a concept I had that somehow I convinced you all to go along with me with but we fixed that real quick. <laughs> And then, yeah, and it kind of, we, we sort of lost a little of like what it was supposed to be. And mm-hmm. so then it just became whatever we were doing. Yeah. We did okay. But <laughs> game jams. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the last global game jam, we were, were in a group uh, together again. And we were like, okay, we're going to make this wave game yeah. with these little eyeballs. And we're going to make three levels. And it's going to be super simple. We got this. <laughs> and then the deadline happened. And we're like, we're <laughs> yeah and then i think even afterward uh you and charles and me each put in further commits yeah afterwards right because yeah. like just to wrap up things we were doing yeah we, we did okay there too i think yeah i mean that was okay mo- as far as i'll get us but <laughs> yeah i mean that was the closest we've gotten to a not scope creeped game yeah uh uh-huh. but even yeah, i know there were little features we kept adding that was like we just had time for because what 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 happened a lot of times with game jams is you have big ideas that you have to scale down a lot and then you suddenly have a little bit of time right right because you're like this is only going to take me six hours oh man it's going to take me 14 hours 
all right, I guess I'll scale it back. This is only going to take me 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do with the rest of the two or three hours? Like, <laughs> and then you start. And so like, you can get a real trouble there. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I think the goal when remember your project management talk. Yeah. Uh, um, we, we had a, the episode here uh, where like, Agile. I think agile is really helpful at this because, like, if you get a minimum viable product in two weeks or a month or however long, yep. then, like, you could just release it then. It might not look good or feel good or be good, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you can release it, um, at the, it, like, at that point. Mm-hmm. And so any additional things you add, like, during your sprint, you just want to make sure that at the end, you still have something you can release. Yeah. And release is a fuzzy term, right? Because right. It, the, you can think of it in terms of, of, um, user story so uh it doesn't have to be like front to back complete just really tiny yeah um because then you're just working on a vertical slice or something it, it just has to be something that can be loaded up and you can decide what that threshold is right um but yeah uh it's like a mindset more than it is like a checklist i think yeah does that sound right yeah yeah because i get a little worried when people talk about agile being like uh, oh yeah we're just gonna make this thing in the, the first two weeks and then we'll make a new version of it in the next two weeks. And like, well, you can't you can't make anything at that scale. Right. No, that's not that's not what right. You just yeah, you need something that's in in your group's eye is complete. Yeah. Within that sprint. And, and that then, can just be like literally it like loads up in the menus there. Right. You know? It doesn't have to be oh. like finished. Or like or like the world renders. Or yeah, or you something. can move the block or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but then you can, because it helps you sort of uh, uh, separate out what you want to do, and then you can decide what's the focus of this next two weeks. Because there's, there's very little you can't do in two weeks at, the, at a small scale. Like, uh, I mean, it takes forever to balance and tweak and whatever, but like getting things on its feet, there's almost nothing you can't do in those in, in first two weeks. Yeah. So the idea of, of not waiting to, to make it like a prototypable or whatever. Um, or pr- uh, play testable yeah. within those first two weeks. There's not really a lot of excuse for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can start making it better and better. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Then you can start testing it, and then you know what direction to go in. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to play testing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay. So, Stephen, yeah. let's get a little bit deeper into Finjets. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, nope. It's perfect. We never had any scope creep issues. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I think it's just um, a lot of times we'll, we'll come up with an idea for something and mm-hmm. then we'll we'll attempt to implement it and it either it it may not work, but we'll like we'll keep trying to get it to work. Sometimes, at yeah. least for me personally, like I'll be like, I can get this to work. I just have to tweak the numbers just right, and so I'll spend a couple of weeks doing that. And a lot of times it ends up working out well, mm-hmm. but. Many times I'll spend all of that time just tuning things and it I just never gets anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I should just learn to scrap it, but I, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> and then other times, like, you're, we have like a really good idea for something and it's like basically a new feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll try that out and it, it ends up like being a thing that doesn't complete the game, but it's kind of nice to have. Yeah. Like, we have time attack in the game now because Charles and Lane were like, man, we should have time attack in the game. And then they like do it within a few hours. Yeah. And so now that's a like that's a feature we have to like uh, maintain now. maintain now. Yes. Yeah. But like I mean, I think it, it only took a little while to get it working. It did. So what's the harm? Right. Yeah. But like Fine, famous last word. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now that now that it's in the game and people expect it to be in the game, you have to maintain it and things. But like and it does add to the game. People seem to like time attack because mm-hmm. um, it's like little bits of vengeance. Vengeance mm-hmm. is like normally like a thirty to forty minute campaign thing. 
um, when I when I test a full campaign, which is I guess rare now. Mm-hmm. But uh, time attack is like like two minutes. Yeah, it's really nice. So what you're saying is that there's no problem at all. <laughs> you you pivoted real hard in the middle of that paragraph. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't don't do that, everyone. <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do what I say, not what I do. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's, well, and the, the fact that you're so worried about it is important. Right, right, right. It's something you need to keep in mind. But sometimes it's helpful. Like, like mm-hmm. we've we've all just talked about, like how, uh, in some ways, having having that scope creep has led the well, game in a good direction. Yeah, it's like I had this book on like participatory decision making or something because I used to live at the at a co op and we would try to make decisions about things and come up with ideas mm-hmm. and uh in it they have this like these diagrams that are like at the beginning of a project you want to generate as many ideas as and like towards the middle you want to generate all these ideas and work on all of them and then when you start getting to the end that's when that idea generation becomes harmful to the project instead yeah. of helpful so mm-hmm. it's like at the beginning it's the same like mechanism of like oh i have this great idea but like where it when it happens and how it happens is like more what makes it scope creep or um, brainstorming. Yeah, I like that. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 in the beginning of the thing, you're trying to figure out what this game can be, and so mm-hmm. branching out and doing a whole bunch of different things makes sense. But as you're getting further into the production of the game, you want to limit tamp that down because you want to eventually release the game. And sometimes having ideas are beneficial, but like you don't want them to get ahead of you and cause your game to bloat into something that it wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting you mentioned brainstorming as a process because that's a thing that i feel like i'm not as good at because a lot of times i will like i i really want to hone in on something quick and then go for it and so i think it can be if you because the I, i've been in uh pro in like uh, workshops where everyone writes down an idea and a post-it and puts it on a wall and it's like just an idea don't even think about it any further i'm like i can't stop myself yeah if i have an idea i want to keep thinking about it a little bit. And so doing that for like 50 ideas at the top is, is really exhausting for me. And so, but what that does, the, the downside of that is if I'm, if I don't do that, then then I'm just going to do it later, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. and that, that, when it is harmful. And so I still, I still bump up against it a lot, but like, it just when like just a little scribbly idea, just throw away. I was like, I can't throw away any idea. Yeah. And so it's really hard because then, because la- then, so what I'll do is I'll have an idea and I'll just commit to it immediately. And then, but but I won't have done all the brainstorming up top, and, and I won't th- I won't have thrown away anything because I won't have thought of anything yet. And then I'll so then I start thinking of things later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that problem too sometimes. Uh, let's talk about the folks on Reddit, the nice 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 folks on Reddit who sent us stories. Yeah, we posted a, a thread on Reddit saying, "Hey, we're doing a feature creep episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell us about terrible terrible stories, <laughs> and you're sad." Your, your sad tragedies and man, people came through. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's from Sax Panther, which is a cool name. We're gonna pronounce all these people's Reddit usernames. It's gonna be yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, they made a rollerball. They initially, you know, that Unity demo thing that mm-hmm, teaches you mm-hmm. how to use Unity called rollerball, mm-hmm. where it's yeah, you just make a ball roll and collect things. It's like it's not an exciting game, but it's not supposed to be. You're just trying to figure uh-huh. out what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's my first Katamari. Yeah. <laughs> but Sax Panther um, was like, ah, let's let's make this uh, bigger, and it ended up being 
turning into player unknowns battle balls, <laughs> which is interesting. So that's hilarious. <laughs> they took, yeah, they took the role of all thing and made it into like a battle royale. Battle royale. Yeah, there's a gif um, attached. And we'll link that into the notes. Uh-huh. We'll link this whole Reddit thread in the notes so you all can take a look at it. Yeah, we'll talk about a couple of these stories, but there's a bunch of them that like you should peruse on, at your own time and add a couple of more if you like. Cause yeah, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is from Ledat. Ledat. It's French. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they didn't have a story specifically about their own game, but but uh, they shared a story where um, a person was make or streamlining coffee orders because trying to gather everybody's coffee orders is a whole thing, and nobody mm-hmm. wants to deal with, with that. So he, um, they made a uh, a program to like get everybody's orders and order it and stuff, um, and it ended up being it ended up getting growing into a very more complicated process and turned into like a banking software <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah that user linked an, an article awesome. about this right this yes. story so we'll post that as well in the show notes yeah yeah it's let's uh, go creep <laughs> yeah sometimes it can be good yeah <laughs> you can, sometimes it can be good <laughs> um games gravity int uh has been developing a game for 10 years but scope creep causes them to restart every few months mm-hmm. because They'll get really excited about it and they'll like have a burst of energy. I'm guilty of this too. Yeah. Uh, they'll have a burst of energy and then you'll, you'll work on it for a few weeks. And you're like, yeah, this is going somewhere. And then like by, by month two, you're like, oh man, this is too big. Why did I even start this? Uh, and then you end up restarting the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scrapping it. Or you'll set it aside for a while. Yeah. And like th- this story, like this is one of those stories where it helps when you're part of a community uh-huh. because I think that's when you learn about like not, not just like best practices, but you see people working and you see what is good enough. You see what people are expecting right. and you see like when you can test your ideas very quickly and it is really easy to get lost in your own head. Uh-huh. And so that's my recommendation to this user. If, you know, if they haven't already, like just to find a lot of people to interact with, uh, with their own project. It doesn't have to be a formal community. It can just be friends. They rope into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but also um, we've talked about this on the show before, like having like um, a vision might not be the right word, but having like a core concept that you come back to that you judge all of your ideas against, um, especially like my problem where I brainstorm halfway through the process. I need to think like, Oh, this idea, does this idea fit what I'm doing? Yeah. Cause the thing is, is all your ideas are good. Like every idea you have is worth exploring. And so it becomes really easy just to explore all of them. And so I think for a project like this that goes on for a long and long time and never really gets past that sort of middle stage, I think it's really important to uh-huh. say when you have a new concept, like to you, you need to say, like, what do I want this game to do? How do I want this game? Uh, pl- how do I want players to feel when they play it? And Stephen, yeah. you talk about this yep. in your game design workshop, right? I did. Yeah, that's, like that's important. Um, getting that, getting that feel. Like coming back to that, it helps you determine what ideas you should put in your game and what ideas you should just scrap yeah. initially right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, it, I, I find it to be very helpful because, like, when I'm um, developing whatever else for Fingence, um, I'll go back to like the core concept I want for this thing and say, does does this idea fit in place with this? Like you were saying, Mark, does mm-hmm. this idea fit in place? with the overall idea and if it doesn't then I shouldn't put it in. If I feel like it might, then I might like think about it more and make sure that it makes sense and then mm-hmm. implement it. But um I think that like that helps reinforce or that helps prevent you from just putting things in willy-nilly. Yeah. 
that's that's a helpful. There's helpful an example process. that I can share um, of a feature I was going, I was thinking about adding, mm-hmm. and, and just never got started because of this this process that I I've, I've had for myself, which is because um, uh, like I said the last big feature I added was items. Yeah, and so I've been thinking like, well, how do I make this system a little better? And one of the things is like, well, I'll just go double dash. I'll have two items, right? One one you can store. And one you can use because then you can set up sort of combos. You can strategize because I'm I really want my game to be about a strategy, and so um, it's very frantic because you you know it's a platform game. You can't stop your vehicle, so mm-hmm. it, it's everything's real time and very fast. And so um, I thought, well, but I, I want there to be a strategy component, and um, and a lot of that is when you have an item to like decide where to deploy it, to decide how strong to you know uh, uh, how strong you should fire it, and et cetera, that sort of thing. So. Um, I thought, well, it would be really great to have one in the, you know, in the chamber so that you can set up like combos or it also helps decide when you collect. So there's so many different fun player experiences you could have by having two items, one after the other, and that you wouldn't be able to switch them. So you know, think about it. So all of that, I was just brainstorming. Thinking, this would be really great. Yeah. They're like, well, the core concept of my game is about is about like chaos and speed. It's about what to do now. Right. That's the most important thing in my game is like what, because situations change all the time. So you can plan things, but I want, if your plan is ruined, uh, this is the problem I have a lot of board games, is mm-hmm. that when your plan is ruined, it like really sucks. Yeah. And so you feel like you wasted your time. So in Metro Nexus, that time spent planning has to be really, really short. So when your plans are ruined, it's fine. You just, you already have a new plan ready to go mm-hmm. because it didn't take, you know, you have to think of it quickly. Now I realize this system would not fit that concept at all as as much as i wanted to do it as cool as it would be so i didn't even test it i didn't even build it. i didn't i just know it's not right to even try and i might be i might be wrong maybe it's really fun maybe it changes the game in a way that makes it better but doesn't matter that's not what i'm going for mm-hmm. and so i think that's a really important it's a way to way to hold yourself back a little bit you know give yourself a pat on the back for coming up with it maybe write it down for something future but like um I, but you know, like we talk about testing all the time, but this is a case where sometimes you shouldn't. Yeah, right. Because then that can lead you down the road. Test it in your head. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of going about it. Making sure, like, yeah, you went through the you went through all of the the concept in your head and thought it thought it through before you decided whether or not you want yeah. to implement it. And the only way you can really do that properly is if you know what you want yep. uh, from your game, yep. and, you, and you have to feel really strongly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you if you want to spin out a prototype and and just come up with it as you go, that's fine. But then you do at a point need to decide what is this game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I like that. Thanks for sharing that. That was yeah. nice. Uh, other story, Wob, Wob. I'm just gonna pronounce these names weird. Wob, <laughs> Wob. Uh, meant to wait make- one more time. Wob. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> meant to make a small game uh, to make fun of players. Uh, the the goal of the game was to. Uh, You'd be you'd have choices to like try to solve this puzzle, but there'd be actually no solution to it. Uh-huh. Which I those know a lot the, of people. Those are the know. best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, uh, but it ended up taking them uh, fifteen weeks, and when they thought it would only take a week to complete. Yeah, uh, there's a link to the project that we'll post in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because nice. it ended up being like an because then he started taking it more seriously. Like, yeah, like this isn't this is no longer a joke game. And right, yeah, yeah. So that maybe maybe that one has, that has a happy ending. That one, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um, and Dusky Pix- Pixel, Dusky Pixel, uh, had a whack-a-mole game, uh, but then they looked at a whole bunch of whack-a-mole games that were available, and they're like, "Oh man, 
these ones are so much cooler than mine. <laughs> and so they, they um, added, added, they kept adding features to, to make it better and better. And so they ended up turning it into an, a real time strategy game after looking. <laughs> That's probably my favorite story. Yeah, that one's really good. Because <laughs> it, it actually starts out with after 50 prototypes, I realized I had a serious problem with my scope. Yeah. So I decided to make an extremely simple game. <laughs> the story ends with it's an RTS now. <laughs> Like even knowing, even knowing that you had, you know, that this is a problem doesn't stop you from falling into it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a fun game. I really want to play yeah. it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you should send us to a sexy, yeah. dusty pixel. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing is that um, a lot of times scope creep, like we say, sometimes it has a happy ending. But uh-huh. the truth is, it's always going to happen, and the results aren't always bad. It's yeah, a, it's a process thing. There, I mean, it does also change the nature of the game, of course. But like. Um, I think you don't have to beat yourself up too much. It's like a thing yeah. you keep in check. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also like harness it for good if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Take that scope creep and make it your own. <laughs> for in an eSport MOBA, we got to kill all those scope creeps. <laughs> do you get it? Do no. you get it? No. Do you get, Steven, do you get it? I get it. it. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Let's start off this section where you explain that to me. <laughs> So uh, in League of Legends, um, you play a champion character, and then you're also fighting alongside. Uh, each team has like they're basically pawns. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're basically pawns. Okay, but you don't control them; they just go and they like auto fight. Uh, but they're really easy yeah. to kill. Okay, and so they're called creeps. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. fighting the scope creeps. creeps. Yeah, because yeah. they're you know. If you don't keep track of them, they'll end up winning the game for you. Uh. Win- winions, they're called. <laughs> winions, yeah. <laughs> well, I get it now. It's you're right. It's very funny. <laughs> okay, data. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the joke now. <laughs> Humorous. <laughs> uh, so then the topic is esports. Right? The topic is esports okay. because. League of Legends Worlds is happening right the dang now. <laughs> <laughs> like, we could go on right now as we're recording and watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it'll still be happening when you hear this event, right? Yes. Yeah. I think, uh, let me get the exact date of the championships. Mm-hmm. Finals. The finals are on November 4th. Okay. Um, they don't list a time, but it'll be in the middle of the night because it's in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's a really long tournament. Yeah. Yes. So they have... Um, first they have like group stages, mm-hmm. uh, actually they had like a, something before group stages this time, um, which sort of like whittled down the, the large amount of teams that are in the league this year to a more reasonable amount for groups to make do quarterfinals and semifinals and finals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if you do well in the group stage, like you, you, you do tournaments against uh, like four, three other teams, mm-hmm. and then um, they add up how many wins you got versus losses, and the people or the teams that have the the two highest win loss ratios get to go on to the quarterfinals and then do a direct elimination matches. Okay. Yeah, and it's really exciting. Um, there's two North American teams uh, at Worlds this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, is that uncommon? No, I mean there always are, but they're still in uh-huh. as the, as of this recording, oh, which right. <laughs> is kind of amazing. Cause, <laughs> um, but we haven't even gotten out out of groups yet. So, okay. um, but yeah, my my favorite team, 
C9 is there, mm-hmm. um, oh. which no longer has the guy from Minnesota, but it used to oh. have, a, have a player from Minnesota, which uh-huh. is why they're my favorite team. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love to watch League. I hate playing League, but I love watching it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> which is ironic because I'm the exact opposite. I don't like watching League, but I'll play it. Uh-huh. I guess I don't love League anymore, though. It carried me through some tough stuff. But yeah, why, why do you like watching League of Legends so much? I think I've been trying to figure that out because I don't like sports very much, uh-huh. like in general. Uh, like I'm, I've never understood my aunts and uncles because they super like football. Yeah, and whenever we go over there, they'd be watching football. And like my friend and friends in high school watched hockey, and I was like, I okay i mean it's mm-hmm. cool i love going to play pep bands for sports like that's really fun but it's because <laughs> we're playing music not because it's right. a sport happening in front of us yeah um and i don't care who wins and etc but then i started watching league of legends <laughs> and then i started caring about which team wins <laughs> and i was like this is so exciting i you know i follow the players and i want to know about their lives mm-hmm. and like uh uh, and like what their their cool strategies are for this game, and I they're my team, man. They're gonna win. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like my dad talking about football. It is, it's like that scene in a horror movie where the person like finally falls into the evil influence. Like that slowly, you just like so like sports are just terrible, but you know, <laughs> just slowly. Sports does has a good point about it. <laughs> oh wow, that's great. I I watch fighting games, which mm-hmm. is a separate thing, and we can get into that later because we uh, well fighting games tend to like uh, they don't they don't like the mantle of. I was gonna e-sports. say you, this is, you've mentioned this a couple of times. I have. Fighting games just insist that there's something different. Right, we're our own thing. Yeah, come on, like yeah, it's. It's well. I guess we can get into it now a little bit. I don't. I don't want to distract. But um, fighting games feels. It's more like a grassroots sort of thing. Like they, uh-huh. they built their own thing yeah. from the ground up. Right. Whereas like League of Legends, it's it's run by Riot Games and they handle all the stuff. And there's tournaments and they go to Madison Square Garden and they have their thing. And they're like when you're when they're when they're, they have casts and everything, they're all professional. And they're all wearing suits and they. Uh, oh, so it's just jealousy then? <laughs> oh no, no, it's like it's like. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. No, it's like it's like wrestling. It's like wrestling. Uh, there's a whole bunch of um, like oh, I don't want to say underground, but underground wrestling things where like they have small little uh, people. They have like people you know doing wrestling stuff. Yeah, right. There's like the big like wrestling on there's TV. WWE, and then there's like regional and stuff like that. Right. I I work, used to work with, with a, a friend of mine who was like just super into that stuff. Yeah. So I know way more about it than I want to. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, there. There's these different tiers, and there's a certain sense of like, um, oh, oh we're not part of that. Right. Right. right we're like this thing. is this is yeah this is my thing this yeah. is our thing our community is this thing, whereas like with League of Legends it feels more polished and like. It feels more mainstream, mm-hmm. so like it has a, it's like less esoteric. It it doesn't feel as much of my own thing. It feels like everybody's thing. You hear that, Martha? He's calling you mainstream. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I'm happy that League got on ESPN yeah. one year. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not like I don't like League of Legends and don't think it shouldn't be a big thing. I'm just saying this is how a lot of fighting games people feel about 
esports stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you no, know, it makes oh, it makes total sense. Yeah, because uh, like they worked so hard before esports was an accepted thing, right? To right. do tournaments and stuff like that before that it was even like a concept, mm-hmm. and then everyone's like, "Well, now we're doing esports." Guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we've been doing that for like twenty years." Yeah, yeah, just Stuff it. strung yeah. away in the hotel ballrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Martha, you, did you don't play league anymore? But did you used no. to? I played for a little while. Okay, w- which came first, the watching or the playing? Um, it was kind of simultaneously yeah. because Dylan got really into League of Legends, both mm-hmm. playing and watching. Yeah, uh, and we had just started going out, so. Uh, we just sort of did league stuff yeah. together. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's one part of it that the another part why I really like it is that all my uh, ton of my friends are into it too. So we just you know all go hang out at someone's house and just you know talk and have league on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's really fun to have that community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know we're watching a mainstream thing mm-hmm. as you'd say, but like. Like the watching community around it is really fun. Yeah, it's amazing how much that really is just like sports. It is that like it's just a common thing people have in common. It's a shared language. It's 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 nominally exciting, and you can just it, it, it's low friction, right? Mm-hmm. For that, and yeah, yeah. I mean, and it feels to me like it's easy to more people who you wouldn't have very much in common with know what League of Legends is. Yeah, um, or, and like. A lot of people in tech know it, so like mm-hmm. I can, I feel like I end up having conversations with people about it, um, and they're like, "You watch League?" and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> C9." <laughs> wow, yeah, that is just like sports. I think League of Legends is um, interesting because, like, at least me personally, I find it extremely boring to watch because a lot of it, like thirty minutes of it, is them fighting the creeps, uh-huh. and that's not exciting play because you're just fighting little bitty minion things that mm-hmm. they can't fight they barely fight back um and they just focus on that like there's a whole there's a whole like thing built around this getting the last hit on the because you have to kill it yeah. you can't just like shoot it a bunch and then it dies and you get the gold you have to literally hit it the, you have to kill it right to right. get the gold that's a mechanic i don't like but that's not what we're here to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so like there's like a whole there's a whole bunch of strategies involved around this killing these creeps yeah. And I just find it so boring because it's the it's like a large part of the game, the laning phase part, the beginning part of League is mainly this it's and like grinding and, or something. It, yeah, yeah, it's mainly grinding that and and fighting your opponent happens. It's rarely. called farming. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, in, in with the correct terminology. Yeah. <laughs> but what 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 works about um, about League is because that exists, like you can have discussions um, with people like watching it, and it's like. If you're really into it, it's interesting, mm-hmm. sort of. But like, you don't have to focus on it because like you already know what's going to happen and stuff. Um, but then when like exciting things happen, you're like, ah! And then like, um, then you can you know cheer about it and stuff. It's it's just like football um, or basketball, like or hockey, a whole bunch of sports. They all do that kind of stuff. A lot of them do anyway. Like, there's not a lot of action going on a lot of the time, but sometimes someone will make a dunk or they'll uh, get a first down or whatever. Uh, ball things, yeah. <laughs> sports Sport. terms, <laughs> Sportland sports number one in points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, and then um, but then like an exciting thing happens, and then everybody can cheer about it, and you know feel together and feel like uh, part of a thing. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't really, I can't, 
I have a tough time with all that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you watch fighting games sometimes, and you like watching that. I, yeah, but I don't really get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, it's curiosity more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Yeah, I, I, I think if I... Although I haven't, I haven't recently. Like, the last Evo went by, and I didn't bother. So, I don't know. Maybe I don't like watching fighting games as much as I <laughs> thought I might. But, yeah. If I get a big place, I'm going to have an Evo party. Yeah? <gasps> yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Chips and dip and stuff? Well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Celery. Well, let's sure. know. Celery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're starting an Overwatch League this year. Yeah? Uh, which is going to be super cool. How is that to watch? Do they have like third part, third person cameras? Yeah. Or? So the things that I've watched have been super annoying because they only do it from, like they switch from player to player. Yeah. And I'm like, there is a, oh, like a viewing, a third person viewing camera because they switch to it sometimes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, do that the whole time. That's the coolest thing. Because yeah. that's the, the one of the other things I like watching League so much is that while you're playing the game, half the map is uh, dark. It's like a fog of war. So mm-hmm. you can't yeah. see, like people can hide. Um, but when you're watching on the stream, like they show the whole map and everything that's going on. So you can oh. see everything that's going to happen. Like, oh man, they're hiding in the bush. <laughs> oh, that guy doesn't even know. He's just, um. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> D- does it notate at all the fog of war so you can see what the other players Sometimes sees? Sometimes the, the casters can control that. So like, okay. they're like, oh, let's check out, you know, they, they're setting up around the Baron pit. This uh, one of the, there's like, uh, I should probably explain a little bit about league. <laughs> well, yeah. There are points uh, of interest on the map. Yeah. So, like, there, there are big cre- uh, creatures on the map that are, if your team gets them, then you get special powers for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, like, they're set, you know, setting up to do a, a raid on this thing or mm-hmm. whatever. And then they'll, like, show Fog of War for the other team. And they're like, oh, man, it's totally dark. They have no idea that they're doing that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's the coolest part about one of the cool parts about it. So, yeah. I want an Overwatch so it would be so cool to see those maps and see what's going on from above. Like yeah, I think yeah. that would be so cool. So you could and like show like, oh man, this person's hiding here, and mm-hmm. you know, do the same sort of thing would be super cool. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times when you watch uh, like clips of someone doing something cool in a first person game, or, or um, you see it from that the, as you were as if you were playing because right. that's how you were, that's how you engage with that game. Yeah. So I wonder if just seeing a third person camera you actually would lose something a little bit because it's oh, not how yeah. you interact with the game normally. Whereas with league, that's the, the, you know, the three quarter camera is just how it works. Mm-hmm. So, you, so the little tweaks and changes you get for spectator mode don't take you that far out of the normal experience of engaging with the game. That's true. Cause I think of halo. Anytime I see halo from a third person with like guys jumping around, it looks so silly It does <laughs> cause it's, it's supposed to, that's how the mechanics work that way, but it's not meant to really be seen that way. You know, just sort of like dudes leaping in the air with no me- no seemingly means of propulsion. Like, I suppose, yeah. It's almost as if you would want so, like a literal reporter character who just runs around. Yeah, that would be really cool and like is invisible to the players, yeah. but they could run. I've seen uh, lots of yeah. They'll switch between different characters, and that is that seems that's difficult. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot. I don't know that there's a. I don't know, maybe this is not a, really a problem, but it seems to me like it's actually a, a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, how would you do if a first person game in a way that would be interesting. That's mm-hmm. a, like a tough one to cast actually because yeah. uh, it's like you need fourth dimension seeing then yeah, yeah. somehow. And when, I, when I see those like Halo videos of people running around, like I'll hear, I'll, I'll hear commentators saying like, oh, he did something cool. I'm like, how do I, I can't tell because I don't, I can only recognize things from the first person mode. Yeah. It would be cool if they would show like have an infrared ish camera 
through everything. Like you could see. Oh yeah. Like, like you see it from that player's perspective, but you can see more than that player sees. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, they've that probably, would be, that would be cool. They've mm-hmm. probably solved all of this. With Counter Strike, because Counter Strike is a big thing. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about it. I just know a few friends who watch Counter Strike a lot, and I mean, they stream. I mean, it's pretty big, so they they stream mm-hmm. stuff for that too. Yeah. Well, let's let's we'll do some research and put some what we find in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're just we're just speculating now. Yeah. That's I, it's so funny. Sometimes we'll just like we'll hit on ideas that we should have looked into earlier. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't think of them beforehand because we weren't in the discussion. And well, my favorite part so. about that is I want someone that, who's listening to this in the car or on their bike like screaming at us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You dummies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other esports that I don't even watch uh, but there's so many out there and like ones that are more famous than League even, like um, StarCraft was right. one of the original yeah. esports. Um, Dota is like League um, and also has tournaments. Uh-huh. Um, I think League actually came out of Dota. Well, um, I kind of know the story here. So Dota is a Warcraft 3 mod. Yes. And then the original team, then they wanted to make it into its own thing for Dota 2. Valve bought the IP, but the team... I think some of the team went to Riot to make League. It's like a lot of drama there. I'm forgetting some uh. details. <laughs> I remember when that happened. It was it's a really fascinating piece of like gaming industry. We'll we'll put something of that in the, in the notes because it's really interesting. And then so they're they're and then of course time so much time has passed since then. So the games I imagine have diverged quite a bit. Although I really don't think I've ever even seen a match of Dota, uh, Dota Two rather. Dota Two isn't as popular as League of Legends. Yeah. Basically, the the impression I get from it is Dota Two is like much more hardcore. Okay. And if you think League is hardcore, <laughs> uh, like Dota Two, like it has like five second stuns or something crazy like that, instead yeah. of League of Legends where you the maximum is like two seconds, right? right. And that's the absolute maximum. I like how there's a comparison where League is seen as friendly to newcomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's got a, the yeah, rabbit hole goes pretty deep, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are there are a few MOBA games that are uh, popular, like Dota Two. A lot of first person shooters uh, are popular, so there's Halo. Is probably one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call of Duty, of course. Counter Strike is the uh, is the big one. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty like has like tournaments and stuff, but it's like heavily financed by Activision. Yep. I don't. There's not a lot of like uh, grassroots interest. I don't think. No, it's yeah. not like a grassroots thing. Yeah, yeah. I, every time I see that, I'm like, that's just sponsored by Mountain Dew. Like, that's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think Call of Duty is super big, but I know it is like a thing. I think it's like more. That's a console thing. Yeah. So a lot of console games. Uh, they they have grassroots buildings sure, instead sure. of instead of like League of Legends where it's uh, a lot of PC games they have like they're more popular in mm-hmm. esports sorts of things. Part of that is because um, in uh, in China and Korea mm-hmm. there's way more PC gamers than console mm-hmm. gamers, right. so there's more audience for those games. Um, That's right. It's so it's way, just, a nat- just a natural. Occurrence it's huge there. there. Yeah. yeah, it's huge in Korea and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually a Korean team will win worlds. Yeah. Yeah, they get very hardcore about it, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. They also mentioned Star uh, StarCraft as a another esport, though I don't think that's very popular anymore. Th- aren't they rebuilding the new, the old StarCraft or something now? I don't know enough about StarCraft. <laughs> I don't know either. Well, I know that StarCraft, like it, because it's such an old game, the first one. Yeah. Um, when the second one came out, it was like a huge thing about in esports. It's like, are we gonna now play this game now? And so I think I think that's the case now. They the, people are playing StarCraft Two, um, but it was a I think it was a rough transition because mm. the first StarCraft had such a, a history 
that was sort of entrenched. You know, yeah. It's like if if they just came out with football two. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it seems kind of like that, you know? right? But yeah, they are remastering the original one and just giving away for free. I think. So oh. I'm not. I don't know. Okay. If that, I don't know what that means in relation to its its esport. You know, huh. life. But yeah. Fun fact: uh, Glitch. It used to be called Tapehone Gaming, which was a terrible name. <laughs> um, they had uh, professional. They had teams. They yeah. had League of Legends teams and uh, StarCraft teams. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, there's a, there's a collegiate league uh, for League of Legends as well. Yes. I think so. I think they may have been a part of that at the time. Huh. Uh, that yeah. is cool. Yeah. I yeah, had, there's people who have gotten scholarships to for college to play on some of the college teams, which right? is really, really cool. I don't know if I'd say that. It's really something. <laughs> it's really cool. For them, I guess. Yeah, but like... It's people who would never have been able, like, I assume, well, this is a, a, a bad assumption, so maybe yeah. I, I shouldn't say it. But, like, I could see myself getting, you know, being really into a video game and not really into a sport. Yeah. And so it's cool to see people who would, uh, who are really into computer games and stuff being able to get scholarships for their talents. I suppose if you're going to give money to people to go to college for reasons that are not academic... You might as well give it for all sorts of dumb reasons. Yeah. Instead of just one dumb reason. Yeah, exactly. It, it so. probably has the same issues that like sports uh, scholarships. Assuredly, have, right? it does. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's my that's problem. A, yeah. Really. Oh, okay. I uh, see. I see what you're saying now. <laughs> yes. That. I mean, it is problematic that way. But. But if that's never going to change, might as well open it up to exactly. the nerds, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. <laughs> so, if you could play an esports game or a game as an esports pro, what game would you play Fighting and why? Game. Just generic you, you, fighting game. Just fighting fighting game, game number five two seven eight. <laughs> yeah. But Steven, you just went on about how fighting games I aren't know. esports. My point is, is you can't have both ways. Buddy. I wouldn't play an esport. I would play a fighting game. Oh, that's I see. why I said fighting. It's not answering Martha's question. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's fair. No, I've, I've counted that as you yeah. know as under the umbrella. If you could play a game as a professional that's competitive, mm-hmm. yeah, I would. I mean, all of these like. All of these things you have to have devote so much time into getting it that like or yeah. doing it. That's another thing. Like with fighting game, I feel like with League of Legends, they have like I mean I think they have fighting games ones too. But with League of Legends specifically, they have like houses where all they they spend all of their time playing League of Legends and getting better and developing yeah. strategies and all of that. Um, which whew, I, I I I I cannot imagine one ever wanting to do that. Well, no, I mean, not only is that. Kind of tragic, but um, <laughs> as a life. But um, I mean, if you enjoy it. Yeah. But um, it, it puts you, unlike other types of things like Olympic training, you yeah. know, um, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, athletes, gymnasts will will do a similar kind of setup. In fact, yeah. I think that's kind of where it comes from. Yeah. Um, but they also, because it's a it's a it's a commercial video game, you have this symbiotic relationship with the companies that produce it. Right. And that can be very fraught. Yeah. And it's uh, it's. It's very teeters on disaster very frequently, I think. Right? Yeah, there are um, lots of uh, scandals of like players not getting paid and mm. teams having to be kicked out because they haven't been like giving a good enough conditions for their players and right. stuff like that. That's incredible because so, there is so much money in those sponsorships, and I know the players like it's you know they get paid stupid amounts, but like it's it, there's so much money to give to players, yeah. <laughs> isn't there? Like. Well, yeah. They're not penny pinching. I guess it's just owners versus labor, right? It's the same right, kind of dispute the, that It's the same sports, thing yeah. where the where the owners are taking too much of it and right, not right. Um, and like people getting not getting health insurance and 
all the oh, normal sure. living stuff. But like yeah. they've mostly mostly fixed a lot of those yeah. problems with like rules and stuff. But I don't know. I should look into more. More. I know that with um with Overwatch they've been trying to cut like make that better from the get go. Yeah. And so like they have minimum salaries um, and that all teams have to provide health insurance and um, retirement accounts for all of their That's players. Cool. Is, that, is, which that is, all, cool. is that all run by Blizzard then? I think so. Okay. So, so that, that might actually be beneficial rather, rather than, you know, to actually have it all in house. And so then, then all of the responsibility is on Blizzard, not just for the game, but for the tournaments and, and, and all that. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's kind of good. Well, for, I mean, they, they have like, they have owner, like people are, oh, are yeah, the, sponsored yeah, by yeah. like they're in each for Overwatch. Each city has a team mm-hmm. uh, or at least each major yeah. big city. So um, LA has two, I think. Um, and I think each one of them has a also a major stakeholder mm-hmm. uh, providing money. Um, but I think like all these, there to be in the tournament, they have to have like to be a Blizzard thing. They have yeah, to yeah. follow these rules that right, they set out. Right. So uh, labor. <laughs> <laughs> so so fighting games, Stephen. Yes, I would, would play a fighting game instead yeah. of an esports. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like. I don't know what eSport I would want to play professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does it have to be an eSport game? Because I don't have the full list in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, if uh, uh, it's a game that doesn't have an eSport for oh, it. Like, would you, would you be in an arms league? Oh, man. I'm so sad about arms. I feel like it's not deep enough for it to really yeah. gotten a hold on people. Uh. So I think that game... Professionally, it's not going anywhere. What about Splatoon? There are leagues for there Splatoon. There are Splatoon leagues, and I do like Splatoon. Dang, maybe Splatoon. Yeah. Splatoon are you good at Splatoon? No. Well, <laughs> eh, I haven't played this it a lot is, recently. This is fantasy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yes, I am good at Splatoon. <laughs> well, so am I, I guess. <laughs> is that the one that you would play if you could play it professionally? No. I, I mean, I, no, I don't think so. I, I have to break the rules, too. I, I would pick something totally different like i would i would play like um time attack platformer kind of thing like like a oh. you know like a like a mario like a, or even like a uh, or even like a super meat boy which is not really my type of platformer like i would do something like that i bet you would be really good at a game that's kind of that would be like chess but yeah. like a video game yeah i think like i feel like that civilization be esports oh my goodness <laughs> maybe that would be Woo. No, I would just take too long. Well, I mean, it would it would be Tournaments just as would popular last five days. Yeah. <laughs> it would be just as popular as like a chess thing. Yeah. Or it would, it would I would I would think it would function like a chess thing. But that would be kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Like take civilization and I mean, how long do turns last in that? Like 45 minutes or something? They're long, right? Turns. I mean, in civilization? turns last very short amount of you time. You just have hundreds you and just hundreds have, of turns. I've never yeah. played civilization. Oh what? my god. Oh. I played the console one like once. Okay, but that was it. <laughs> does, Martha, does that count? <laughs> we'll play. Okay. <laughs> you got me to play Divinity: Original Sin. I oh, will yeah. <laughs> get you to play Civilization. <laughs> okay. But um, I feel like that would be kind of cool. Like have Civilization yeah. as a thing. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, like I like strategy games, but mm-hmm. for competitive games, I actually more prefer like action games. Or, or oh, okay. Quick, which is weird, right? Oh, but, okay. Um, I uh, so I I just started playing Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so one the thing I like about that game is it requires a lot of reflexes, but it mm-hmm. also is about trial and error, puzzle solving, like uh, pattern recognition. Yep. If there was a competitive game that 
that I could compete in on that, I think I would. I think I. I think I'd be motivated to do that. That's fighting Not, games. Yeah, but <laughs> is it though? It is. It really is. When you like and the problem is, is that there's a that you have to get no past the I, execution barrier. See, the difference here is I'm thinking not. I'm not thinking PvP. I'm oh, thinking okay. like two PVE. Oh, like kind of competitive, okay. you know what I mean? And maybe there's some interaction. I'm now, I'm, I'm now, I'm inventing games. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I think is that okay? It, I, it's hard to motivate me. It, like I don't care if you beat me in any other game. I just do not care. Okay. And so I would be impossible for me to like get the drive. Even if I was in this fantasy world, the best in the world, I just wouldn't win ever. So it'd I, be more like the Olympics event where like you're just competing against yourself. Yeah, sort, sort of. of. You just have to get the best time compared to other people. Or yeah, and then many Olympic sports are like that. They're, yep. com- they're, com- they're com- in fact, it's so like the competitive spirit is embodied by the Olympics. But there's only a couple sports where you're actually competing with anybody directly. Yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I if I was playing one that had a league, it mm-hmm. would be Overwatch or Splatoon. I forgot about Splatoon. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. What's nice about those two games, uh, Overwatch has to police this, but like those, the culture around those games are a lot better than it is around League. And yeah, fighting right? games, frankly, <laughs> That's, there's an issue with that in yeah. games too. Well, you were saying that Blizzard is trying to, is like doing a lot to to help player conditions and stuff, and I think because Overwatch has a reputation to protect as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I now that I that you guys were talking about death, other games, like man, Civilization competitive sounds awesome. See, scope creep, Martha. Oh my god, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was thinking about like what makes a game esportable. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes these games that have become esports like? How did that work? And mm-hmm. and could you make other games into competitive sort of things? Yeah, I think that. I mean, they need to be interesting. Obviously, they have to be good games mm-hmm. first of all. But like, I think if it's like really flashy looking, like League of Legends looks flashy, especially when team fights. Half the time, I don't know what the heck is going on. But a whole bunch of things are happening. There's explosions and stuff. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, so like that helps a lot. But I think like um, if the, the the game like support i think that like if a game supports that kind of a mindset that competitive mindset like league of legends has ranked modes and stuff and a lot of people will watch pros uh to get tips on how they play their own games and that's how a lot of fighting games work is like um people will watch people in tournaments um and they'll they'll have a better understanding of how this matchup works or whatever else Mm -hmm. too uh so that that'll help like that'll get people to watch it um strictly as an interest of like trying to get better themselves um so like a competitive mindset is important I think that will help. I feel like games for esports also need to be mechanically deep. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm not, this is not just me like ragging on esports again, but like, I feel like because that is a barrier to, to, to professionalism. Yeah. Um, like, uh, then that's kind of what makes it different from like physical sports mm. where, which are, are mechanically very simple, but strategically very deep. Yeah. Uh, esports have to be both. I think, um, I think maybe, uh, no, even like shooters, which require a lot of, you don't need to have, maybe you do, you know, for uh, actions per minute, but like mm. Twitch gaming isn't exactly as important to League as it is to Overwatch. Oh, sure. Right. Um, but I think to be an, yeah, to be an eSport, it, it has to have that, a, a little bit of gatekeeping mm-hmm. in that, in that mechanical depth that requires right. study and practice. And, and that's why when rules changes, people get so upset, right? Um, no, my character got nerfed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But I think that, yeah, I think that's a, a, a fundamental difference. Yeah. And that might be why I'm not as interested, because I like mechanically simple games that, that where you can combine mechanics and do complicated things. Okay. Um, and so I have a lot, I have a, I'm just not as in, interested because everything, everything in the world is arbitrary. Mm. And so I, I, my brain has a hard time telling me like that this is important to know any of those details. And so okay. I don't, I don't motivate myself to learn any of those, those deeper things. It's why any game I had this with cuphead cuphead has a dash move yeah. and every platform with a dash move, I just never use it. Because I just don't think of platformers that way. I was, I'm, really, I'm really bad at that. Like I was Mega the Man same X way with stuff, that yeah. game, but then I got the the dash that lets you like be invulnerable for a moment. And oh, Cuphead. that's a good it's one. So good. Yeah, uh, Cuphead's good. We should <laughs> just have a topic on Cuphead. No, we probably should. I, there's one I really want to complain about. We'll do that next time. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. If you could make an esports game, what would you make? Fighting game. <laughs> I mean, I knew that that's. We what should you just were have like say. a tape recorder there, Stephen. Just, just to a soundboard, a soundboard that's just this fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to get like the Zoo Crew a soundboard on this show. <laughs> it would just be me saying stuff all the time. It'd just be me saying "dang" or "fighting game" <laughs> or "shoot" or "I can't come." Hold on, uh, Martha. Let's not laugh. Do those again, so we can always clean <laughs> take. <laughs> uh, maybe one day, not, not today. Uh, <laughs> um, I would. I. I don't know what I would make. I would want to make a game. I would want to make like a game where I don't have to patch it all the dang time. <laughs> Cause that's what I don't like about league of legends right now is playing it is like, it keeps freaking changing. Yeah. Every week, every two weeks. Isn't that kind of part of it? You have to keep up. It is like, that's part of the culture. I'm sure that's not the reason it's patched. No, but, but I mean like that, because like you have to keep up with it. It's mm-hmm. that cult mentality thing. Yeah. Like, because you have to keep up with it. Um, you feel obligated to keep up with it, and so you keep up with it more. <laughs> right? Because right. like your your friends will come and say like, "Yeah, did you see that new patch?" And if you don't know the patch, you know you're a pariah. So <laughs> you <laughs> you have to yeah. you have to keep up with it. And I just I don't want to do that. Right? Like fighting games, they have patches and stuff, but they are much. They will come within like a few months, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and a lot of them, they just don't. After a while, they just stop patching. Like Super Smash Brothers for Wii U hasn't been patched in a year, two years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it's been two years. Yeah. Um, and like the meta is still in, in, improving and changing and and, and adapting. Mm-hmm. Like I find that to be interesting. Like uh, tracking the changes that happen in the game without the the game actually. Changing. You want to make a game that has a strong meta. Yes, that's what you want. I want to get yeah that has a strong meta that is adaptable yeah. and changes. So describe that because better. I'm only getting familiar with that as oh, a concept. Oh, meta as a thing. Yeah, yeah. So like the meta um, is basically like um, a, a core strategy, not a core strategy, but like a strategy that will have, will oftentimes win games. Yeah. So like for example. Bayonetta in Super Smash Bros. for Wii U is very popular, and she's been winning a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, people have to start learning how to fight against Bayonetta, yeah. and so they'll, uh, they'll figure out strategies or learn new characters or whatever else uh, to, to start beating Bayonetta. And so the meta will change to, to that, new, that new strategy that works against Bayonetta. Right. These are changes in how the game is played that happen outside the game. Yes. That happen in the community. Yes. Yeah. Hence the term meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas League of Legends, like the, I, the meta, mid, I mean, it does, I guess they do this now. There's a mid laner who normally is like a mage or something. And then there's the bottom lane where you're with your support and your um, AD carry. Um, and then there's the top lane with, with the tougher, bulkier characters. Mm-hmm. And then there's a jungler who goes in and ganks the other lanes and like fights, or attempts to kill the other person on the other team. 
Yeah, I, I recognize some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's like I guess that's been the staple meta thing. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of characters and stuff in League of Legends now, so like maybe a meta would be like, uh, I can't come up with a character. Renekton is the only character I can think of right now. And so everybody keeps playing Renekton because he's really good right now and he works really well for whatever how the place how the game works. Mm-hmm. So League, but the way League works is like they will patch it and change things. So the game itself changes as a result of like meta changes. Yeah. As instead of players adapting to the changes of the meta. Right. And you're like, hands off, that's our job. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> that's yeah. what I would like. Okay. I would agree with that because like a lot of times when the game changes so dramatically because they patch it and put new stuff in it or change stuff, that makes it really hard for people who don't want to be an esport pro and just want to play it for fun. Yes. Like you have a thing that you're used to playing that's really fun and then it changes and now you're no longer good at it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to relearn something even though you just want to play once a week. Yeah. I came back to league and I fought against a whole bunch of new characters and they all have all these new mechanics and I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm fighting against. (laughs) Like now there's a character that can shop but doesn't have to go into the shop to shop. So now you have to learn how to... It's just the dumbest thing. (laughs) It sounded ridiculous. Um, But like, yeah, now that's something you have to learn about. And there's other characters that can just walk through walls that you have to know. There's other characters that can like teleport into other your enemies or something. Are they running out of ideas? Like, no, they just add new things. Yeah, scope creep. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, as someone who is making a game with too many characters, (laughs) this is serious coming from you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game is huge now. You know, I would make. I think I. I think I could make Metro Nexus into an esport type game, where it, where it had like team objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, it had. It'd be a fundamental change, but that's kind of. That's kind of what I would go for. Something so a little bit more like a like a like a like a first person shooter type game where mm. it's um, you know direct direct competition, um, mm. uh, twitch action that sort of thing. Huh. Probably what I would make. Cool. I would if I could get if Nintendo would pay me. <laughs> to make a Pokemon MOBA, I would be so happy because <laughs> I feel like the the Pokemon games would be. That feels like a good fit. genre for that 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 aesthetic. It does yeah. have competitive play, like people play yeah Pokemon competitively. But play. like it could be, you could pick your character and pick one of the Pokemon, and they each have four abilities. Mm-hmm. So that would work perfectly for like the league style. Like mm-hmm. you pick an ability. And also, like a, it'd be a, a one on one MOBA might be good because you'd be the trainer. Right? That would be a team. Well, It'd see, then team. it's just with a Pokemon uh, skin. That's yes. <laughs> okay, that's all I want. <laughs> they made it. There was a there was a game that was the a MOBA of um, Adventure Time, yeah. the show, and it was it was online on like uh, or something like that. Dylan played a bunch of it, mm-hmm. and it was really cute and really fun, uh, and like was super pared down from like a league type thing, yeah, um, and kind of silly, but like. It was it was really cool, so I, I just imagine that Pokemon Pokemon would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club and your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. Of course, you can give us feedback at the feedback forum. Stephen, where do they find that? Nicegames.club slash feedback. Yeah, fill that out. We got a couple of new ones. Yes, thank you. Last month or so, so 
that's nice. I think all of our haranguing is 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 having some minor progress. So very minor. Um, see if you can help us out with that. Yeah. Of course, you can find us on Reddit. We post show notes every week, and we're going to do more of these uh, prompts. We're going to ask uh, what you want. Uh, ask for your stories. Ask specifically what you want us to talk about. And so, thank you so much to everybody who submitted your scope creep, creep stories. They were so much fun to read, and they really gave us a lot of context. Uh, for our segment today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll post the link to that thread so you can check them out for yourself. Uh, add some of your own if you like. And of course, uh, we'll also be uh, thanking uh, specifically the people we talked about today uh, in the show notes. So again, thanks so much for that. We also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. And so, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. For a later episode to deal with. <laughs> future Steven can handle that. <laughs> yeah, putting these off for future Steven. That's the lesson of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.